Welcome to this week's episode of the Inglecast. This week we're going to be talking about Oxenfree. I'm Tom. I'm John. I'm Joe. So yeah, we've all been playing Oxenfree because it's a, a game with characters and interactive dialogue and quite interesting sort of branching and rejoining of dialogue. Mm. Like that's quite a, more, a lot more complicated than you see in most games, and it's all done through audio and it's done yeah. when you're moving around. So it's I, not to recommend it. I think I think the most clever trick that it pulls is to give you that sensation that you've got this dynamic conversation going on that feels organic. It doesn't feel. And it feels like it's like scripted, but it doesn't feel like it's purely linear. It feels like it's the kind of conversation where you can just butt in, just yeah. like we're doing right now. It flows. And I think that's one thing that almost no game narratives do. They always have to break it up. And even Telltale, mm. who try to keep the conversation going with this little time that they have, they still feel a bit yeah, broken yeah. because it's, they have to explain it's like separate it's, things. It's like it's turn-based, but with yeah. a, just a burn-down timer. But with that's Oxenfree... It. It's just always going. That you but might the, have a silence. The thing is, might... it definitely is. The script of Oxenfree definitely is turn-based with a burn down. Time. Yeah. So I was wondering <laughs> how much of it is purely due to the way the little speech bubbles animate in and out. Well, like how much of it? But this is why I think it's a trick. Like I think they, it's an, an amazing mm, trick because no, that's exactly big yeah. believers in, in good tricks for things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It's not just the burn. It's not just the uh, the UI because it does. I think the the best moment for me um, was near the start of the game when you're all sitting around the fire and there's like there's five of you and you feel like you're part of a gang and you feel like you can, can contribute or you don't have to and mm. yeah there's one thing it did in that scene I think was it had a couple of dialogue options that you could say which made sense if you said them immediately after one character had spoken or then another character would pick it up but it, it still made sense you yes, to put exactly. that interjection so yeah. that gave it that real group feeling yeah, you, definitely. you know when you're, you've got something in your head and you don't have to say it you don't actually have to force it into the conversation, yeah. but it can. It's still relevant. Yeah, sure. and it, it did that kind of contextual thing quite well. Yeah, exactly. And I've never seen that before in a game. Yeah, yeah. no, because I guess that's really getting away from the turn-based thing. Is that sense of it's mm. almost like there were little moments where I had some little cards, a little dialogue cards in my hand yeah. that I could play, but I could choose when I played them. Yeah, yeah, and which I love choice you don't normally get. I love games that manage to model real world feelings and situations in that you you end up using the same skills that you use in real life that you would use in a game um or the other way around yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, so i love the fact that in oxenfree it really modeled that that feeling of having an idea of something you want to contribute to the discussion and just waiting for a little moment where you feel like you can um inject it and it'll feel relevant mm-hmm. i spent i must admit i spent a little while while playing, really just trying to think about how they'd scripted it. We, you know, just I couldn't quite turn that bit of my brain off. Partly because the first time I played it, I couldn't work out how to move the character around, and I rebooted right. it, and I ended up yeah, replaying yeah. the first scene twice. Yeah. And there was one moment that really impressed me, actually, when somebody was saying something during that intro dialogue, which is really nicely written, and I just totally interrupted. They were talking about, like, the, the step-brother-sister relationship or something, and mm-hmm. I totally interrupted to say, look at this old ship's wheel, like a, some completely random conversation <laughs> option. And it, it, it did an interruption. I was a bit like, whoa, that was an interesting choice for you to make, game. And I said this thing, and there was a little bit of a pause. And then one of the characters said, so anyway, 
and yeah, carried yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, wow, I just got dissed by the game. I just got, <laughs> yeah, anyway, never mind moving on. <laughs> that's and it's so cheap for them to do yeah. as well. Like, that's what I wondered. It's like, how cheap is that to do? Like, is that a generic mm. system? Can you make that generic? How often can you say, so anyway? <laughs> yeah, and how do you pick up into the line? I was really, I mean, it's the first scene of the game, so they've probably yeah. tested it more than any of the mm. others, right? That's, that's classic. Mm. But, um, yeah, and I guess really it, I guess it's that. slightly easier with games like Firewatch, where you only have two characters, and mm. they have this marvelous uh, uh, system where they because they're using radios, the timing doesn't matter as well, and so it all almost by necessity feels natural. Yeah, that annoys me about Firewatch though. Hmm. It's you think it's like of, a kind of a get out clause. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. of a cop out. Like I I've got no problem with it people doing it. It just it doesn't really further the discussion of how do you make interesting interactive drama because yeah. you can't constantly have everyone talking on radios to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So but then I'm I'm definitely a fan of games that use a simple solution that works just once and works really well. I guess so. as a player I don't mind it. Yeah. As a creator I kind of go, give me something I can chew on, you know. Yeah. I think I mind it when it's done too often. Like, so long as Firewatch is the best in its class, I'm sure yes, it's worth playing. Exactly. But if somebody does another one that comes out next week, yeah, it's well, not exactly. going to get played. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that's about it. But it, going back to Oxen Free, it really started to make me wonder for, you know, if we do games ourselves that become a bit more graphical, and they probably won't ever be, like, mild platformers in the way that Oxen Free is kind of a mild platformer with you sort of walking around and jumping on things. <laughs> that's debatable. But, like... Like, how do you get away from that sense that the dialogue, that sense that Telltale games have, that the game has stopped, there's some dialogue options on screen, this is your turn now, you mm. do your turn and then you move away. Like, yeah. what are the core barriers to break down to make it feel integrated? Alright, so I've got two. I think one of them is camera. As soon as you switch the camera to show a picture of your face and then four conversation options, it's very clear that it's your turn and then it switches back to their camera. It's totally separating out. Okay, it's just okay. too literal. That's interesting. And also, the, the amount of characters. I think in Firewatch, you... I mean, if they didn't have... Like, if you've just got a two-person conversation, you can't just dip in and out. You actually have to be active well, in Well, you it. say that, but actually Oxenfree has large sections where it's just you and another character that you're with. Presumably, it's a total nightmare to write the larger ones. <sighs> yeah. Possibly. Well, yeah, I don't know, but I mean... But in those... It, bit- it feels like the whole game is structured so that... Um, Although there are situations where you have all the characters together. You then go off in kind of Yeah, pairs. you go off yeah. in pairs. Yeah. yeah, And that usually works. It works especially well with a particular type of character. So when you first go off, you're with a very chatty character. And that works really <laughs> well because he just fills all the spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then it doesn't work quite so well when the character doesn't feel like they suit that kind of chatty personality so well. Mm. I think it's much too easy just to let them talk as well like I actually got a bit bored of it at times and I'd just leave the yeah. controller on the sofa while they were yeah. playing and I'd go make some dinner and it was quite interesting <laughs> hearing what they were saying I did this quite a few times and the game plays on without you which I guess is good um, and it was nice hearing yeah, their story yeah. but I might be inclined to say that that's basically a good feature that needs a tweak like I quite like the idea that the conversation rolls on without you that that if you don't touch anything that, that there is that auto silence option where the characters mm. will just continue talking like if you can do two things if you can make sure that at least sometimes the player's options don't actually disappear because the other character is talking but they mm. kind of they remain relevant and contextual and sensible yeah that's that gives it a sense that it's not that you've missed your turn but just yeah. the other character is still going i think and the other thing is that if you really do put your controller down and walk away, at some point the game should throw up a pause menu. Yeah. yeah. Like I, now, the timing yeah. of that doesn't need to be particularly 
vicious, but like if I haven't touched a button for a minute, it probably wants to just freeze me up yeah, a little bit. I like, felt a bit cheated that the game let me get away with that. I yeah. I didn't actually rate the game that highly. I think a, a fair part of it is just because I didn't really feel I was part of the story very much. I right. didn't feel That's it was strong enough to so, stand up on its own. Both on that subject and on the subject of um, whether it feels turn-based, I thought well, one thing that it did really well was that when it had the silence option, it didn't actually say that there was a silence option and that there's a burn-down time to say it is going to choose this one. There's a very subtle difference between that and what it did do, which is that it didn't say that there was a silence option. That it just said, these are your options, but after a little while, you'll lose them. And that's yeah. it. I love the fading away that it did as well. Yeah. Almost all of my choices in Oxen Free, the bubble would start to kind of disintegrate. Mm. And then I'd go, oh, crap, I need to say something. And then yeah. I'd lean on it, which is much nicer than the, the bar in a Telltale game. For me, it was, the same for me, it was slightly frustrating because it was a little bit too fast. Right. Mm. And so I felt like I was... Like that, 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 that rush feeling that you described felt mm. not so good to me mm. because... It didn't feel like it suited what I ought to be feeling. Yeah, like, yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be feeling quick. I need to say the thing. I, need but to I say. guess the weird thing about it was that quite often I'd, I'd usually read the dialogue bubbles by that point because they were short and snappy. They did a really good job of writing short dialogue bubbles that actually represented mm. what you mm. said. I thought that was that. That is a skill in itself. Yeah. But like, I kind of reached that point where I'd looked at the options and gone well, I don't really mind which of these ones I say. And it wasn't until the burn-down time I started going that I actually thought, oh, but I'd better choose one mm. rather than just saying nothing. Mm. And I wonder, actually, if that's a bit of a problem, that sometimes the dialogue options just... Either they weren't different enough or I didn't quite believe that it mattered very much. Mm. Like, mm. there was quite often a sort of be nice to this guy and be nasty to this guy, but I never had the sense that that was actually being remembered or being sticky. Yeah, the game. that was very much my feeling. And I think that's why I was just... Like, very quickly, I just stopped... I, see, I, I think I lost my connection with the characters around the same time that I realised that it didn't really matter what I did, or at least that's the, the story went on without It's that me. classic problem though, isn't it? When you make choices in a branching game and you stop believing that your yeah. choices matter. It doesn't even yeah. matter if your choices matter. What matters is that you believe that they matter. Yeah, and that's interesting. And I don't know how you deal with that. I think the reason that I... So slick. I, I, I haven't completed Oxen Free, but I've enjoyed it right up until the, the point that I got to. The point that you bought the witness, basically. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> actually, that's true. Um, but I enjoyed it all the time, and I never once believed that it wasn't listening to me. And mm. so there's, right. I'm sure there's a correlation there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well, it reminds me of what people said when they were playing Frankenstein way back in the day. Mm. Um, that The people who had seen the story graph would say, oh, wow, I love the way that the story branches. And the people who mm. hadn't would say, my choices don't make any difference. Yeah. And it is just that, that kind of expectation. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder how you deal with that. Like in Until Dawn, they had all those crazy meters showing all your relationships mm. with everyone. Which well, this is some, this is something that we've talked about in a previous way. episode, isn't it? We've talked about maps, and that was our that's been our solution. Mm. But um, it doesn't work for characters, though. No, like if we want to track, right? You know, the yeah. fact that I'm rude to Tom, but sort of yeah. sycophantic to Joe. How do yeah. I how do I represent that in any kind of yeah. way? That's yeah. I mean, Until Dawn was clunky in how it did that. Just having yeah. a little bar yeah. that says, this guy likes you. That was rubbish. I mean, it's, but it was a classic console game solution in that it was just, we're just going to whack you with a load of UI. If you're not interested in it, at least you'll go, well, it's clearly tracking something even though I don't care mm. or understand what it is. I'm pretty sure I ignored it entirely. Yeah, but you knew it was there. So you, maybe it affected what you believed the game was doing. Yeah, I think that's probably Which true. is ridiculous, but... It does work. Yeah, right? well, I mean, it could have just been like a static PNG, and I think I still yeah, right, it's like exactly, it's doing exactly. something. Um, but then I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that kind of level of pointless accuracy is kind of a good 
thing? Like, because in 80 days, of course, we get some players who go, oh, well, my decisions were affecting how Fog felt about me, mm. and they're happy. And then we get all the other ones who go, well, I want to game this a little bit, yeah. but it's yeah. just too vague. I think my current feeling about this is that I love giving visible stats for things that are kind of quantifiable in the real world, but I kind of hate it for mm. for more humanist things, like how a character feels towards you. I kind of hate seeing that. As even soon if as it's it goes plus three. Like, yeah, <laughs> as soon as it's a number, that's right at the... Like, I hate that. Um, mm. But even a bar, like... I, I don't I don't even like that very much. So like for the game that we're not the game that we're working on, you know, there's a mm. central core relationship mm-hmm. and like that relationship can change based on what you say mm-hmm. in the usual way. It's all of our games. And I've been thinking about this and thinking I, I do really want to have something somewhere that just sort of says, you know, this relationship has gone up, this relationship has gone down. Mm. And quite where do we put that in the flow so for a start? And how in, do we quantify that? Right. Like, so in the case of this particular game Oh, I don't know how to how to say this without giving anything away, but like because of who this other character is, they you could actually have it have, have it quantified. Have it quantified. But I kind of the property, <laughs> yeah, and I, I see what you're saying, which is not very helpful to <laughs> listeners, but like I, I kinda of don't want to do that. But even if we did do that, like where is the right point in the flow? Like in eighty days at the end of each story chunk, it would say, you know, yeah. things have gone better or things have gone worse. Yeah. And, and I kind of like I, I much prefer that because it's... So what I like about that is two things. It's both qualitative, so it's descriptive in words. It's yeah. not a number or a bar. But also that it's formed out of a series of breadcrumbs. So rather than... And you could take that further. Mm-hmm. So rather than saying, this is the current state, it's saying... This is how it's changing. This yeah. is this is contributed. Well, I think that's really interesting because, firstly, like there's that thing that human beings only ever notice change. They never mm. notice value. So if mm. you say at the end, like, your relationships are good, mm. I don't think that's as strong as your relationships just got worse. Mm. Though we need yeah. to be careful to say got worse from being good. So, yeah. you know, deteriorated rather than are souring or, yeah. or something. But I think the other thing that I really like about it is that it doesn't happen after the option that actually chose that actually caused the stat change. Mm. There's a kind of, there's an innate fuzziness yeah, a somewhere. a slight indirection. So it just looks less gamey. Yeah. You yeah. don't have that, Clementine will remember that, but she won't remember any of the other things. You have kind yeah. of, you've done stuff. And I like the fact that that makes players a bit paranoid. They have to yeah. pay attention. On the other hand, it did, um, it did cause problems with some players because they would see that and they felt like it wasn't matching what was happening. But Their I think, I think that's, head, yeah. yeah the, so I think the problem there was that they saw it as a hard stat um, but because there was a fuzziness to it because they didn't know where it mm. came from mm. then it maybe didn't quite match their expectations well there is a classic problem that I still see in a lot of reviews of 80 days where people say your relationship with Fog is the number in the bottom corner of the screen yeah. and that's not that's his health your relationship yeah. is something but actually I like the fact that people can interpret that as a yeah and you know if you've got a good relationship his numbers will generally be higher because when you mm. heal him it's more effective there is a, there is a gameplay loop to support that but mm. like it does make me think that people thought it was a more quantifiable stat than it was supposed to be. Mm. And that, mm. I don't know, that's a bit unfortunate perhaps to the way people model it in their mm. heads. It looks gamier than it is. Mm. So, so what? So I was just going to say, what other games have you guys been playing that have got, um, that do anything interesting with characters? Ooh, well I've been playing Just Cause, so... <laughs> no. <laughs> nothing interesting to No, nothing said. much. Although I did play this War of Mine, mm. which... It's funny because it actually does some really uninteresting things with characters. They kind of have stories that unfold as you keep them alive and the stories are fine. They're totally unremarkable. And it's, I think it's pretty clear that they don't really push that. What really matters is your relationship with the characters. Um, 
which builds up over time. Like the more time you've spent with somebody, the more you associate with them, and you so, build up a story based on what they've done or you've made them do. I've got a question about this war of mine. Are the other people in the game are they specific people with actual specific backgrounds, or are they like generic placeholder people? Is it like a soldier, or is it like Franz, what's his face, who grew up on a farm and like used to keep pigs and was in sure. love with a girl called Elodie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Level of specificity. So they're actually pretty good about this. It's got like a scenario system where you load a scenario, or you can even create one at the start of the game, and it's got a little roster of about twenty characters or something, and you unlock them as you beat various other characters. Mm. Um, and they all have specific traits. So there's one that runs quickly, one that's got a bit more sort of backpack size so they can okay. carry more stuff, one that's a chef, gamey traits. And they've also got their own specific stories. I don't think they have any, like, they don't, they're not more likely to get ill or depressed, as far as I could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're fairly blank slates. But they, it's funny how it, like, if you have two characters, it's like a, a couple that you, well, they're not actually explicitly a couple, but there's just two characters. And it feels like a very different game to when you pick the three sort of chums or like they give you a tiny bit of backstory on how these three characters came together. So they kind of give you just enough personalisation that you can fill in the rest. I think that's it, yeah. Keep it quite lightweight. Yeah, absolutely. interesting, yeah. Yeah. So I've been playing a game with lots of characters and I've been playing The Witcher, finally. And like it's really interesting because it's almost entirely talking to people and talking to characters. Mm. And in a sense, the characters are quite good in that the stories are quite... The stories that you work through are quite interesting and they do a lot of that kind of standard TV trope that there's someone you meet and they're quite nice and then you see them in another context and they're horrible and then you see them in another context and they're nice again and you come away going, well, I don't know. And then at the end it goes, are you going to support this guy or not? And you go, well, I have no idea. Oh, he's like no. a he's like a wife beater who feels really bad about the fact that he killed his unborn child and has kind of repented for it and lost everything. And Like, what do I... And I kind of go, well, okay, that's fair enough. That is grim storytelling. That's how mm. grim storytelling sort of works. It's not my preferred medium, particularly. It's a bit... It doesn't have enough jokes, but it does have jokes as well. So, but the actual moment-to-moment business of interacting with the characters is kind of lame because all I get to say are usually sort of tell me more about that or go away. I don't get to rib him. I, like he, it asked me to decide whether or not I thought he was a good person, and I didn't have an option for. I think you could have been, but you you messed this up, or I think you've been trying recently, or for anything apart from you're a great person. It wasn't your fault, and it was your fault. And I was like, well, wh- where, where's the grey area button for like, <laughs> like yeah, ish, <laughs> and like that lack of being able to really get at the characters suddenly made them feel a lot more wooden to me, yeah. despite the fact the actual story they were in was kind of good actually. And I, it's interesting. I couldn't work out whether that was a limitation of the game mechanics or a limitation of the writing or just because they wanted to keep it simple for me if I mm. wanted to just bash through it and know what I was doing. It was strange. It's like I wanted it to be half the length but twice the rich or mm. something. Mm. I guess you'd never see that in a proper TV script though. Somebody that's just apathetic towards somebody. If you're going to respond to somebody's character it has to be in a relatively strong way. I guess. Yeah, I think like, people would always choose the middle ground. It's funny though, isn't it? Because in a TV show they want maximum drama. They want like... That's it, I love you after all, or I'm mm. going to kill you. They don't want, well, you've sort of annoyed me a bit, but I'm going to try and work through it. Yeah. Because like, that's not very dramatic. But in a game, I, when I, it's asking me to make that judgment as a person. Yeah. I'm yeah. not really playing for maximum drama. Sure. Or I've got no reason to. I think there's mm. actually a real problem with like assessing somebody's character and then boiling it down to whether I like them or not. Because it's just not how people really work. Mm, like, yeah. mm. like, for everybody I meet, there are things I like and things I don't like about them. And that... Like, it's not really a slider at all. It's just traits that they have. And I very rarely think I really like or really hate this person. Mm. Like, it's... I just don't think it works like that. So how do you find a nice mechanic for kind of expressing that grey area? I mean, I guess... 
I guess oxen free to go back to the topic <laughs> had it generally had a sort of splay of three options one of which was you're you're really great actually, one of which is you're annoying yeah. one of which no nah, I don't really care that well, much well actually one is all right. yeah so it had the three mm. options but another thing that it did nicely later on is it um, allowed you to choose which character you'd spend more time with which worked really well because you could either use your own personal feelings to say, I actually want to spend a little bit of time with this person because they seem interesting. I haven't spent time with them before. Or you could be very loyal, so you could spend more time with the person who you've already spent time with. Mm. Um, And who you choose sort of has a a narrative um, outcome in, in terms of, like, the... The, the characters will form an opinion of you based on who you choose to spend time that's, with. That's interesting, because then that kind it, of turns turns your time into a resource, which is almost quantifiable, actually. Yeah, like you right. can sort of say, well, you know, you've put six points yeah. on top of yeah. Clarissa and only one on top of Nomi or yeah, whatever exactly. And but So it's what's really nice is you, that you can have all of these grey area characters and you're not saying to any of them, you are good and you are bad. You're just saying... I want to spend some time, more time with you. Mm. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's, um, it's a bit more fuzzy. It's a nice, clean way to express quite a human reaction as exactly. well. Like people you like, you spend time exactly. with. People you and in fact, what don't like, you avoid. And, and you, you, you get to make interesting choices rather than like up or down choices. Mm. So the choice I actually made was I was kind of loyal to these two other people, but just, I decided not to spend time with them just because I was, I, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to be nice to. Nomi or mm. whatever her name was because I felt sorry for her she'd been on her own for a bit these two other guys were just kind of arguing a bit and I was sort of loyal to both of them but I thought well they can, they can survive <laughs> and it was just an interesting yeah, choice yeah, that's, you know? no, that's really really nice that's really nice yeah. right maybe we should wrap up there Okay. So, well, thank you for listening to the Inklecast we're at Inkle Studios on Twitter and just again I'm Tom I'm John and I'm Joe <laughs>